Groove Café. And it is the Groove Cafe where I always sit down and have amazing conversations with my guests, talk about the things that they're passionate about. And today I happen to have the mental health champion and the founder of the Semicolon Nation Africa, Rebecca Cherop, joining me on the Groove Cafe. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Did I much. say your name in a funny I've way? No, so well. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that you've mentioned it so well. Oh, how do people normally say it? Uh, they don't actually bring it rightly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a bit about you, Rebecca. So I am Rebecca Cherub. Just as you've mentioned, mm-hmm. I am a mental health advocate running the Semicolon Nation mm-hmm. Africa. We mainly do advocacy. Mm-hmm. We teach children, uh, women about mental health. We do more of trainings, community trainings, just teaching people what exactly is mental health, mm-hmm. why is it important. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's mainly what we do. We mm-hmm. are more of advocacy and creating awareness and just teaching people about mental health. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, uh-huh. So <laughs> Besides that, mm-hmm. I'm a writer, uh-huh. a blogger, yes, uh-huh. and I have a book coming out soon. Ooh, yes. seriously. <laughs> I yeah. know you've been sharing your experiences. Was yes. saying that in your book as well? Everything. It's 99% of my life oh out. My. <laughs> Aren't you shy? <laughs> it's so brave to say, here I am. <laughs> yeah, but I hope that people will be able to learn from my experiences. And your journey. Yes, and my journey. Okay, Rebecca. So you're a writer. Is that what you studied in school? I mean, <laughs> let's go back a bit. Let's go back. Let's go back. Your first awareness of even mental health um when was that my first awareness about mental health was in 2018 oh ooh, that's not long ago yes mm-hmm. um i was just after campus mm-hmm. i just completed my campus and i hit through i went through depression mm-hmm. and anxiety and it was a kind of sickness that was actually developing to bipolar but I'm glad that I got the treatment mm-hmm. and I recovered mm-hmm. before it would take me there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's when after I recovered, I decided to take the initiative and just speak about what actually we the youth go through in silence. And so much is happening in our lives, but we don't talk about it. Yeah. What was so, the first thing for you to begin? The first signs that something was off, something was not right. So um, personally, I dealt with prolonged grief. Because okay. uh, I'd lost my parents when I was really young. I was five years old. Oh. Yes. So, you know, in Africa, when parents pass on, we don't tell children what exactly has happened. Yes, you're right. Yes. So People I, in general feel like they shouldn't <laughs> tell children the truth. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But also, I try to maybe understand that it's hard for people to actually explain to children. Mm. Yeah. So, what did you think? I grew up with an expectation because every time I'd ask, everyone would be like, "Oh, they're going to come back." What? Yes. What? Oh, Daddy has, mommy have traveled. They're going to come back. No. So I grew up with an expectation of. I was actually waiting for them to come Rebecca, back. Rebecca, no. <laughs> yes, okay. it's that sad. <laughs> okay. But um, so with all the expectation, and mm-hmm. then you grow up and you become a teenager. Because I was five then, so the first five years I was 10 and then now growing up into a girl, a teenager uh, you get to realize by yourself that actually 
that's not going it, to happen. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're not going to come back because when our parents passed on, we were in Kenya and then we had to relocate countries. We're a very nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And then when our parents passed on, one sibling had to go with an uncle, another one is going with an auntie. So we're separated. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I lost touch with my siblings, you know. Oh, no. Yeah, so I was alone and I had all these questions as a child, mm-hmm. but I didn't know who to ask. I didn't have the answers. So I grew up, become a teenager, and then reality hits me. Mm-hmm. So I start to go through grief, mm-hmm. and the grief keeps piling up through primary, secondary, campus. And then immediately after campus, I got a job, and I was now staying alone. So that's when it really hit me. Okay. Yes. Okay. Was there anyone that you were able to talk to or even ask questions? Like when you finally realize, okay, my parents are not coming back. Was there anyone you could talk to at that point? There was actually no one. Hmm. Yes. And um, it's not that, of course, I had friends. I was the most happiest child you'd ever meet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So actually, when my friends hear my story, they get shocked. My family gets shocked. They're like, you were going through this and you never told us. Because mm-hmm. they would never see. I, would, I was the most happiest person you'd ever meet out. But every time I was in my bedroom, every time I was back to my place, mm. it was something very different. Okay. Yes. So I didn't tell anyone because I felt like they wouldn't understand my situation. Okay. Yeah. So I kept it to myself. I dealt with all my issues alone. Mm. Yeah. Until... You said you started living alone and that's when it hit you? Yes. Mm-hmm. After campus, I got a job and then I started staying alone. So it reached a point where, yes, I was working, but it reached a point where I couldn't work. Every time I want to go to work, you don't leave bed. I'm not eating. Mm-hmm. I'm not leaving bed. I'm crying almost the whole day. And it was just so messy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it reached a point where I had to resign from my job. It was that bad. Yes, I resigned from my job. And by the time I was doing that, I had become suicidal. Mm-hmm. So I had I had some <laughs> suicidal items that, yeah, like people are going to read the book and they'll get the whole. But yeah. yes, that's, that's what I can share. Okay, <laughs> so how did you recognize that you needed help? Uh, that was when I started becoming suicidal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when I realized mm, there's something that is wrong with me. Mm. And also I had cut ties with family, uh, friends. I didn't want people in my space. I didn't enjoy company really. Mm. Yeah, so you were so just keeping to I yourself. Was keeping to myself. So I decided to just have a chat with a psychiatric friend who helped me, walked, through, walked with me through the whole treatment uh, journey. And yes... <laughs> That's how I, 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 I got healed. Okay. Yeah, so I was having treatment, but also because as a child, um, my father was so much of, he was a Christian. Mm-hmm. He was a bishop, actually. So we grew up in church and my life was all about church and, you know. <laughs> yeah, so even in those moments where I was doubting, like I had some faith in God, like, God is going to heal me at some point. And yeah, it happened. Okay. Yes. So you got help. Were you given some medication or was yeah, it counseling? Yeah, I, I took medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was counseling, but mainly it was medication because now mine had become chronic. Okay. Yes. Wow. And how long were you on treatment? Uh, that was 20s. 
16, 17 and 18. Okay. Yeah. All right. But also you managed to get an understanding to know what was wrong. Yes, Because exactly. I think for many people, they're like, something's wrong with me, but you don't you know. You don't know what that is. And it's because we don't talk about mental health a mm-hmm. lot, especially here in Africa, here in Uganda. We kind of have certain belief systems. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talk about <laughs> mental health and first think you're talking about mad people. Yet yeah. it's not actually the case. That is the stigma. That is so one of the biggest of challenges. <laughs> so so yeah. when you started getting help, did you find an opportunity to talk to your family? Like you said, you know, they're like, you were going through that all the whole time. Uh, when I was going through, no, I actually talked about my journey after I had recovered Ah, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when I was going through treatment, I didn't want to, I felt like I didn't want to stress anyone. I didn't want anyone to know. And then the whole pressure of, oh my God, she's sick. What? Yeah. Yes. Which, uh, so I just decided to keep silent to it, but that was so wrong of me. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's not good to keep silent. Yes. You are supposed something. to talk and yes. ask for help. And ask for help and share your, your pain, share your story and all mm-hmm. that. So you're becoming a mental health champion is from a very personal place. Very personal Very place. personal. <laughs> I, you know, I want the book now. <laughs> <laughs> the book is coming out in October. I have so many questions. I'm like, what yeah. exactly happened? Yeah. Okay, there's, your book is so coming much out. Have book. you already picked a title for the book? Yes, it's uh-huh. called Gracefully Mended. Grace? Gracefully mended. Gracefully mended. Okay, so we'll be waiting to hear about when it Yay, comes out. I'll be back here to share and give out copies. <laughs> Yay, thank you. Yeah. So tell me about, you know, Semicolon Nation Africa. Uh, first of all, the name. Hmm? Explain. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> so Semicolon Africa is, uh, I, I, we started Semicolon uh, in 20, end of 2019. Okay. Yes, so semicolon comes from the real semicolon, uh-huh. which you know. Okay, from the, the English language. Yes, uh-huh. from the English language. Uh-huh. So semicolon is, you know, a semicolon is before a full stop. Yes, yes. Yes, so it literally means that there's life beyond your mental illness. Oh. It's not, Your mental illness is not a full stop. Okay. Yes, so it's just a way of giving hope that you might, you know, be going through this right now. But that's not the end of your story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, there's so much ahead. Okay, and there's yeah. so much you can still do. There's so much you can still do. Now, one of the things I find, I mean, you, you, you're able to, you know, go back and actually kind of track, you know, maybe the root cause or the starting point, which was that yeah. prolonged grief. Mm. And for many people, you know, it's like, okay, why is this happening? What happened to me exactly? I mean, you hear people saying that you don't necessarily have to have a very traumatic experience in your childhood sometimes, mm. and you still end up end with up, depression. Yes. Uh, sometimes it's in the family, it's passed yeah, on. Yes. But one of the things I think we've heard a lot in the last few years is how even stress yes. can be a yes. huge factor. Yes, mm-hmm. it is because mental illness is, the, it's like, there's, there's actually a stage. Mm-hmm. So it starts with stress. I mean, you've been stressed at work, you're being stressed at school, you could be stressed at home, and then you keep on, you, it keeps it keeps recurring and, you know, happening, and then you start getting worried, it builds up, it becomes anxiety. Mm-hmm. Then from anxiety, it keeps building up to depression. From depression, it keeps building. So it's something that has stages. Mm-hmm. Yes, it starts small, and then it keeps growing. Mm-hmm. Yes, so 
you just need to find a way of dealing with stress when it's still, you know, when you can handle it before it becomes something big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also we all handle challenges, different challenges mm. not the same way <laughs> yes no what happens to you it, it can happen to both of us but how yeah. you deal with you it you deal with it is different from how yeah. you deal with it and i think maybe that's also a part of where the stigma comes from mm-hmm. why people are like what's wrong with you yes, yes. something bad happened <laughs> But get over it. Yes, it's like there I tell people I dealt with prolonged grief for 15 years. And some people are like, how? I mean, mm-hmm. the people who lose their loved ones today and two months down the road, they're okay. They've ah, gotten they, over it. Yes, they're like, oh, yes. Bambi, they died. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> life moves on. What? <laughs> yeah, like, so we react to things differently. Mm-hmm. And, and we just need to accept people the way they are. Okay. And understand them and just be there for them. Okay. Yeah. So, Semicolon Africa was started, you said, end of 2019. Yes. Uh-huh. What work have you done since then? What are you involved in? So, currently, mm-hmm. we are involved in teaching adolescents about mental health. Mm-hmm. So we go to schools. Oh, you're working with yes. schools. Yes, so okay. we are currently working with schools and just uh, teaching both staff on how to identify students with mental health challenges and how and how we can help them. Mm-hmm. So once they identify, we bring in, we, we have psychologists and psychiatrists that we work with. So we refer the students to mm-hmm. the counseling and every every treatment that they need. Yes, so we've been going to schools and also teaching children how to deal with mental illnesses and stress, you know. Adolescents go through a lot of their relationships, mm. their what? Yeah, so we just teach them how to cope up with life. Okay. Yeah. What are some of those things that we should look out for? If you said you're teaching staff, maybe there are also things that we should know that we can look out for in our friends and our children. Yeah. What so, are those um, warning signs? One, eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Somebody has been eating well and then right now they're not eating. They could be eating less or eating more. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And then also sleeping and then also withdrawing away from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you start to see somebody who has so much involved with people and, you know, people person becoming so withdrawn away. Yeah, there are those. And then uh, before actually it grows, I mean, th- I think those are the main ones, but also... I mean, somebody just starts to act funny, something that is not really normal. For example, they've been working and then they're less productive. Mm. Means that there's something going on that needs to be dealt with. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Those are some of the things that we can. Some of the things. <laughs> okay. So, what do you think that we can do um, to improve mental health awareness in general? In Ooh. general. I mean, I like that we're having these conversations. Yeah. But in general, what are some of the things people should know? Um, what we can do. Mm-hmm. Okay. How we can uh, create mental health awareness. Yes. One, talk about our experiences. Mm-hmm. When we talk, when we share our experiences, our stories, and I, I believe people get encouraged and get the hope that they need to, especially people who are going through stuff, who are going through stress and depression and stuff like that they need we need to us who have recovered need to share our stories Mm -hmm. and also we need to stop judging Mm -hmm. yes let's be people that listen let's be people that are warm you know Mm -hmm. somebody wants to talk to you just give them you know listen to whatever nonsense they have to say (laughs) (laughs) because personally i believe by the time somebody's for example committing suicide they have shown so many signs yeah, and it's so sad that we are losing a person 
here in Uganda every 40 seconds to suicide. Wait, what? Yes. No, I mean, it's recently so I had a guest who was talking about the statistics yes. of in terms of committing suicide. Yes, and that was before COVID. Yes. We, we before COVID we were losing a person every 40 seconds. Just imagine how long we've been seated here and how many lives we've lost already. My goodness. Yes, so it's it's really happening in our communities but because we don't talk about these mm-hmm. things, we don't share, we don't speak about them. I mean, people take mental illness to be kind of a witchcraft thing. What? Mm. There, there's so many myths around it. Yes. And so people don't share their things. People don't share their pain. Yes. So it's it we need to share our stories, we need to share our experiences. Mm. Uh another thing uh that I think we need to have a kind language from you media guys too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like okay. how you address people, how you speak to people matters mm-hmm. a lot. Yes. Yes. Um You're right. We have a big responsibility. <laughs> yeah, the media has a lot of responsibility. Yes, tell us off a now. Lot. I'm here to receive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes I watch news and they're talking about society and I'm like, oh, this is actually stigmatizing. Yes. But yeah, it's it's time to just, you know, be kind in language mm-hmm. and in speech and just show people, you know, the kindness that they need. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. So my dear, how can we get in touch with you to see if someone wants to volunteer? Yes. Um if they see an opportunity for trainings to happen, how do they get in touch with Semicolon Africa? So Semicolon Africa at Semicolon Nation. Okay. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. At Semicolon Nation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then um personally Rebecca Cherok Okay. Rebecca Cherop for Facebook and then Rebecca Cherop underscore mm-hmm. for Twitter, Instagram. Okay. Now, yes. um, as someone who has been through trauma yourself and you have an understanding of, you know, what you went through, you're able to come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say for you was one of the things that helped you cope and helped you deal with the stress and the grief and what you were going through? Um one is friend. Mm-hmm. Um my psychiatry friend really helped me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so um that is one of the things treatment. There's treatment for mental illness. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the world thinks that well when you're mentally ill you can't get treatment. When you're stressed you get you can't get treatment. You mm-hmm. can actually get treatment. And we've perceived Butavika to be like this place for mad people. <laughs> Yet it's actually not. It's, it's you can walk into Tarika, receive the treatment, mm-hmm. and get out. Uh-huh. Yes, it's very easy. It's like any other normal hospital. Mm-hmm. So it's not for only mad people. No, mm-hmm. that's we're actually stigmatizing when we say that. Yes, so seek out for treatment. That that really helps. Um, what else? Uh, <laughs> two. I think we need to read more. We we are so much on phone these days, mm-hmm. listening to music. We have smartphones. Just get your phone and Google. Talk read about mental health. There's so much that World Health Organization has written, CDC. Mm-hmm. They've written so much content about mental health. So just read and understand what exactly is mental health. Okay. Yes, you could know you can actually discover that you may be suffering from something and you don't know. True. Yeah. True. Well, Rebecca, so. thank you so much for joining me on the Groove Cafe. Thank you. And for, for 
being brave enough to share your story and your experiences yeah. and we look forward to the book coming out <laughs> yay i'm so far excited so excited i can imagine yeah <laughs> you mentioned you have a blog i have a blog uh-huh. rebeccacherop.wordpress.com okay yes all right well be blessed and thank you for joining me thank you <laughs> groove cafe rx radio Happy vibes, sweet connections, the groove.